A man become preeminent, he's expected to have enthusiasms. 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 What am I? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? Baseball. Alrighty, folks, welcome back to the Poe Hitter Podcast. This is Bob D., the dead Poe Hitter, back at you with Todd Whitestone from spstreamer.com going over his NFBC main event recap article and talking about the biggest player movement of the weekend, whether it be ads, drops, um, and some news. We also talk about the offense and the state of the ball and some of the recent Research that has been done going into it. So hope you enjoy the episode and hope everyone is having a wonderful life. Alrighty, folks, welcome back to the Poe Hitter Podcast. I'm Rob DiPietro at Dead Poe Hitter. I'm here with my man Todd Whitestone. You can find him on the Twitter machine at Telestar7 and at spstreamer.com writing his world famous fab article. <laughs> What's going on, Todd? Not too much. I think I'm a little short of world famous, but uh, I'll take any accolades you can give out. You don't think you're world famous? I don't think I quite have uh, reset status. Maybe right. uh, maybe uh, regional, regional famous. Regionally famous. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. We'll take that. What's going on, Todd? How was your weekend? You know, how was your fab weekend? Did you... Was it action-packed? Was it a little boring weekend? <laughs> Tell me about it. Uh, I kept my uh, my bids and our bids on the case of uh, joint teams pretty low. I don't know about you. I didn't feel like there was any huge targets to uh, go after, even in the 12s. And uh, so I'm just I'm just sort of trying to fill holes, Rob, and 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 keep my teams afloat. I mean, my some of my offensive stats are pretty bad, but. The overall league, as I've written about, is is pretty pretty low in terms of batting average and offensive production. Mm, yeah. How about, how, how about you? Did you uh, pick up a, a number of players? It was a very light weekend uh, of uh, of bidding. It wasn't anything exciting, mm-hmm. um, but I, I I had I had a, a a pretty substantial amount of bids in. Um, I just didn't go as high as uh, I should have for the guys I definitely did want. Um, okay. We'll, we'll get into that as we talk about the players. But, you know, it was um, it was one of those where I was just disappointed in me not, I guess, going um, for some of the players that I wanted right. as much. And right, right. You know, usually, usually after the bids, I'll, I'll, I'll just reset a couple of my free agent sheets for the, you know, for the next weekend. And I just like to do all that at one, one night. And then I start working on my lineups for the next, you know, for Monday. Right. And it was one of those, I don't know. I just, I just closed the computer and moved on in my life. And it was, I was just not happy with, uh, I guess I thought I was going to have some of the bids, um, for decent prices, but what are you going to do? You know, we, uh, 
gotta sometimes I'm I guess I'm a little too gun shy, but hopefully it works yeah. out, you know. Well, you know, it's a tough balance as we've discussed. It's a tough balance to do you spend more and uh and have less fab for June, July, August, or do you do you um try to hold back? I, I try to hold back a little bit, you know, as I um in, in an article earlier this year, I looked at the teams that bid heavily and they didn't do quite as well. Now this was really large bids early in the season, but, and I don't think that's what you were talking about anyway, but um, it is a tough balancing act. I, 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 you got to see what your team needs and, and how badly do you want to add that player? Right. Yeah. I, and actually, you know, I think this week and, um, and, and one of my mains, it was um, for Miles Mikolas. Um, I know I'm not usually one that goes super high on one player. Oh, it's a difference maker, but I had him, I had him in for 87 bucks. It was just like, okay. I thought it was going to be, you know, in the hunt, but he went for like over 120 in my league. So um, yeah. I guess I should have won a little more. I really, you know, I just think he's a solid pitcher. I, kind of like in just round up pitcher mode. I have him in my other main. So right. when he was available, I, I, I wanted to pounce on him, but again, yeah. probably could have been a little more aggressive, but. Uh, well, yeah. you know, that's a good solid bid. I mean, James and I bid 101 for Nick Lodolo, who is uh, I think dropped in one of our elite, our main events. And that's, uh, that's really wild. So yeah, we went one one which. You could argue wasn't high enough. I, certainly, we didn't get him. But one thirty-eight was the winning bid, and one nineteen was the runner-up. So we weren't even second. Mm. So it, it, it's it's hard to judge. I mean, should we have gone one fifty? I don't know. I mean, that seems like a lot at this point of the season. Yeah, exactly. I probably would have gone in that range, you know, for him and Mikolas. Looking back, at, back at it. You know, yeah. if I had the opportunity to get Nick, Nick Lodeau, I probably would have entered the one to 100 area. But it, it's interesting. I saw he got dropped in the league, too. And we'll talk about that later when I when I break out the new segment, um, Rob's Mistake Drops of the Week. But okay. um, <laughs> <laughs> even though I dropped Chris Stratton and he went on and got two saves, but I just think that that's just going to be the kind of year it is for a lot of relief pitchers like it normally is um but yeah um you know anyway let's uh let's get into the pod let's talk about your article and um let's go okay. through the you know the highest guys been on of the week and who who got you know uh collected the most by fantasy team owners um but i know you had a little intro about the run the run stuff and it kind of uh, bleeds into some stuff i you know think it'd be interesting to talk about when we started talking about last week the run environment and you know i think we were talking yeah. about whether yeah where where the um impact may have been coming from but you know we saw an article from you know saris and uh, a whole bunch of other research um that kind of provides a little more insight into the situation right exactly so i just put up front in my article and it's a free article in spstreamer.com people can just uh look at it there um, that the runs per game last year were 4.53, which was down a little bit from the 465 in 2020 and 483 in 2019. And now it's down at 40.02. That's a really significant drop, Rob. Um, and then uh, that's fueled by 
a 232 batting average where it was 244 last year and a 0.89 home runs per game where it was 1.22 last year. Interesting. So that's, that's really low. I mean, you know, I've heard people discussing it and saying, well, you know, the weather is cold and, and it, a lot of these things kind of happen in early, early in the season. And I, I'm not buying as that as the major reason for this. That's, this is a big drop. And I just feel like something's going on with the baseball and whether you, MLB tried to do it or not, this is what the result has been. Yeah, very interesting for sure. Um, and the batting average, you have it um, from 244 last season. Actually, when I use like um, when I compare some players to league average, I always pull like non um, non pitcher at bat, right. and right. Uh, that that was 247 last year. So even that, in that sense, it would be a wider gap from because there's no pitchers batting this year. So mm-hmm. it's even like a wider gap of batting average than that's true. That's true. You know. So um, yeah, and. You know, I think we, like I mentioned, the article in The Athletic was talking about how the um, stadiums with the newly installed humidors have taken the biggest hit as to where, like a stadium like, you know, um, like the Mets, you know, at City Field, they're they're kind of close to their last couple year average with their humidors in it, you know, so it's just the teams that are, you know, that are just installed the humidors, that's sort of like the biggest difference. In, in terms of the barrels, you know, because they're, they're talking about how the exit velo is is still the same, um, but right, the distance, the yeah, yeah. So and but the um, and the barrel reach as well, but the distance and the home runs um, haven't been following through. So right, right, there was a bunch of a bunch of awesome stuff in that article. If anyone has the athletic, make sure you check it out. And you know, it has. Um, uh, that guy Alan um, Nathan, who 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 does, who I think is a physics professor. He he uh-huh. does a whole bunch of um, stuff on humidors and um, the ball, and he found the that the drag it was more drag on the ball um, this year uh, right. than than leagues past. So, and then it went into a whole bunch of other uh, more physics uh, about the ball, and they talked about the the transfer from the facility to another facility and how it's not in the humidor in that specific time frame. So it can do things to the ball and the seams, the, you know, the yarn inside of it may not come back and expand at right. the same rate. I don't know, just a whole bunch of interesting things. It makes you think about a lot of, of stuff and, you know, because of that expansion, the seams might be higher. That's why we're right. seeing more of the drag. Um, but it is yeah. interesting. It's just such a great article. A lot of things to really, you know, kind of things that we're thinking about already. But, you know, you see you see some, you know, cool studies done on it. And I guess they're just talking about how to best, you know, store the baseballs before right. they play. Because they, I think they mentioned the Open Athletics were the only team that told them, you know, what how they were being stored. And in the last year, you know, it was in it was just in a non-air conditioned room, you know. So it's right. you'll see that fluctuation. I think that they mentioned that the athletics had the second biggest um downward turn in the distance of batted balls. They've lost uh 24 feet on their barrels. So just yeah. a lot of stuff to take in. You know, I think we were saying last week, you know, we could do our best with what we know, but like to try to get so far into 
how it translates might be like too much noise, you know, sometimes, yes. but, but yes. there's, there is stuff happening here, you know, there's, there's, there's all, yeah. So it's yeah, I one did thing. Hear, I did hear that Rob, uh, I didn't read the article. It sounds like a great article, but I did, did hear also that it's not just the humidor. It is, it's the storage after the humidor and correct. Like how long, how long before the game do they take the balls out of the humidor and where do they put them? So I, I did one thing I did hear, maybe it was in the article you read, uh, was that the Colorado Rockies, they, they just have this sort of utility room that's not temperature controlled at all. They just throw the balls in there, whereas other teams are really careful about where they put the balls after they come out of the humidor. And so it's not so it's not just the humidors. It's like all kinds of these other factors. Like, do they take them out for six hours before the game or two hours? Or Yep. Yep. So how would you know that one team is, you know, is is has a really dehumidified ball and another does not? It really seems very difficult. And I think Major League Baseball is not doing the fans any favors by having this huge variety in uh, in the product, really. Yeah, it's I think you're right. And I think that, yeah, it. I think I'll, you know, we'll take a couple more weeks to see if it's really continuing to play out. But yeah, all that matters, the storage and like I said, traveling from facility to facility right. to where right. they make it to where the, the next stop is. And then it's just um it's it's interesting. But I think that I think that the I think the offense is gonna reverse in those stadiums. Um that have the most um have been mostly affected because they mentioned too how a lot of those teams are in areas that um are that like need a dryness and that right mm-hmm. now they're experiencing you know weather that is not really having the effect on what it's supposed to be doing so right. we might see stuff reverse but um i don't think the offense is going to stay this bad all year honestly i think it's going to pick up so right i think they're going to have to do something about the baseball in order to do it though i don't think just um, waiting for warmer weather is going to be enough. That's Could my be, Todd. All right. Could That's be. My... Yeah. But, but I would say, you know, um, coupled with another thing that we found out about MLB is uh, that when they expand the rosters, um, mm-hmm. actually they will, um, they've agreed to extend the maximum of 14 pitches on active rosters from May 2nd to May 29th. And then May 30th on that number will be reduced to 13 active pitchers. Um, right. So this is interesting because um, also, yeah, we see like the, there's some teams I think that are playing with the whole symptom thing, you know, and, <laughs> and the, the raise a hundred percent, like Yandy yeah. Diaz had a symptom. And then the next day, he, I don't know. It was fine, just, he's fine. Yeah. It, it was just interesting. And I just don't know how they're doing the symptom thing. Is there like a universal symptom checker or is like the team does it like, you know, how do you, I don't know. It just seems like it's going to be something to use, you know, as a thing, right. but, sure. uh, but um, so this is interesting because I feel like a lot of that offensive stuff that we're talking about, you know, they're, the offenses are seeing a different reliever almost for four or five innings on some yeah. games. So you're yeah. seeing these high, you know, high, high impact arms and teams aren't seeing them like as much through series either. 
you know, yes. so right, exactly. Uh, there's no, con- you know, continuity like, oh, I faced this lefty guy out of the pen two days ago. You know, you probably won't see that. Um, right, exactly. And teams are like, will are playing those matchups where they might say this guy saw this reliever that day. So maybe they pinch hit. Who knows? There's so much that goes into it. Yep. But I think that's playing um, a definite role. Um, yep. So I think once the teams are forced to go back into some length from their starters, I think that we'll see the offense pick up in that way for sure. Yep. I feel like maybe, you know, there's some things to unearth and be and be wary of when you uh, do your fabbing going forward for sure yeah, with I those agree, rules. I in agree. fact, you know. Yeah, but but what this change does though is it extends the length of time that there are more pitchers in the bullpen. Right. Right. So actually, it's going to keep up. Offense lower for a longer period than we might have thought because they have so many relievers. Um, so I don't think this is necessarily a good thing for offense overall. Um, I mean, I'm all for trying to protect the pitchers and not have them get hurt, but you know, I that's a lot of pitchers in the bullpen, Rob. I mean, you know, 14 guys, you know, you have five of them are starting on a regular basis, you have nine relievers. I mean, that seems like uh, that seems like a lot. And I think it's going to hurt. It's going to keep offense lower in May as well. Right. Right. Yep. Yep. I just think there might be some some batters being dropped, um, you know, in in leagues that that may um, may not be being dropped, you know, for uh, all the right reasons. So Uh um, just. You know, I think we're aware of who's getting dropped in these leagues and, right. you know, who needs to keep an eye on. But, um, yeah, so let's talk about the pickups. Let's talk okay, about the sure. biggest fab pickups of the week. Sure. Okay. So uh, I listed in my article the the top 10 widest pickups. That means that picked up in the most main event leagues. And uh, number one was Danny Jimenez uh, from Oakland. He got three saves or he has three saves as of now. So that last one really uh, spurred everybody to bid high, and he went for a high of 324, a low winning bid of 21. And uh, I'm still, you know, I got him in a couple places the previous week, but I'm still not sure that uh, Trevino is out of the mix at all, or might not even be the primary guy. You know, I'm hoping Jimenez uh, it, it, it sort of takes over, but. I think they want to give Trevino more save ops and sort of to market him. So I don't see Oakland switching over entirely. What, what do you think about that? Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I, I don't think it's going to happen entirely. I thought, thought it was a lot of uh, a lot to pay off for a guy that, you know, but I guess the biggest thing is you don't know when Trevino is coming back. So maybe, right, right. Um, you know, you, be hoping, you know, as a guy picking up, uh, you know, this believer, you might be, you know, saying, oh, well, what if he's not coping with COVID well and right. come back for a while? So sure. that's the, I think, the only path to extended looks for Jimenez. But, um, you know, he definitely yeah. seems like he's really capable. I think uh, he's good. I mean, yeah. But, but Trevino, you know, and he's not, not a great reliever himself, but. Uh, I feel like if they can get Trevino back in the primary role, they probably want to do it. Um, but anyway, it's a good flyer. I'm glad I got him a week early in some places. And 
Um, you know, yeah, definitely. That's that's huge. That's huge. What'd you get them for? Oh, it week? was uh, in the. I sort of thought I saw it coming, so I got. I think I spent forty or fifty dollars in three okay. weeks. Okay. So maybe maybe I I bid more than I needed to, but um, no, that's okay. Because this week's medium. Uh, median winning bid was 75 and a half bucks. Um, mm-hmm. So, y- y- you know, I think you, and, and you got uh, two saves last week, right? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, he could be out of it this week. Just might be a massive overpay for a lot of teams, but this is what we do when we chase saves. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta go early and sometimes you're going to be wrong as you and I've discussed, but, uh, and then the second guy, Kendall Graveman, I think was a worry about Liam Hendricks. Mm-hmm. who's not a hundred percent. Again, I don't think he's badly hurt myself, but it's a good insurance policy, especially for great uh, for Hendricks owners. I did pick Graveman up in one league where I owned Hendricks mm-hmm. just to okay. stick him on the bench. But um, I, I don't quite see uh, again, a one for one uh, split, you know, trade of Graveman taking over for Hendricks. But again, you, you spend a second or third round pick on Liam Hendricks. You probably want to try to protect it if you can. Yeah. True. True. Absolutely. I'm just, a, I was a little put off by, by Graveman's profile. There's some things in there that just, I don't know. He doesn't look on, on mm-hmm. great himself, you know, I agree. Uh, I agree. The, you know, that. the, yeah. The walk rate is up there. 12%. Um, swinging strike rate only 6.3. Uh, I don't know. Just looks a little. Uh, yeah, I, I think look great. last year he was really dealing. Um, right, right, and in the zone too. He's getting punished in the zone. So I don't know if I don't know. I don't know what's going on there, but um, just really didn't excite me. But I get you. I get the backing up Liam part. You know. Right, but I mean, they could easily go to Aaron Bummer. He, Larusa has done that a couple times. So he I could. don't know. Right, uh, right. But but it, yeah, I, I don't I don't quibble with people that did the same thing. I think. Mm-hmm. It's a reasonable move to make, especially if you didn't spend a lot of money to do it. Um, and then uh, the third guy in the list also picked up in 36 leagues was Daniel Vogelback, who's the I listed as the pesky Pittsburgh leadoff man uh, <laughs> because, you know, he's one of these little guys that sort of like knows how to handle the bat and sort of gets on base and run. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> now, Daniel Vogelback. Is not your traditional leadoff guy, but there's more and more of these guys that are getting the leadoff role. And, um, you know, he he's certainly capable of hitting homers. He's got the power to hit it out in any park. And he went for a high 55 and somebody got him for $1. So I certainly can see that sort of a bid. What what did you think about Vogelbach? Um, yeah, I mean... Uh, the the pirates are, are are very um tough sometimes to to really understand what they're doing, you know. But uh, yeah, yeah he it's such an interesting profile that does bat lead off these days, you know. But um, <laughs> this the he's got one, two, three, he's got eight games versus lefty this year. He sat three of them, so he he he's close to full time, you know. I think there's you know um they uh DFA'd Anthony Alford right, so. Mm-hmm. There won't be any competition there, but um, now I think Brian Reynolds and Cole Tucker went on the COVID IL today, so right. you know he should be have a good extended run. Um, a PT, just I think they're the same old Vogelbach, right? That uh, yeah, which is not all bad, but I mean, no. not, you know what yeah. you're going to get, and I think if he gets playing time, he'll deliver some power for you. Yep, 
Yep. He's doing a good job of not reaching. He's doing uh yeah. zone contact is 93%. So he's he's really um he's got he's got a good eye right now. So um yeah, three three barrels, three homers. So yeah. Uh which is interesting is uh, you know, I know something that um uh Toby Batflip Crazy uh Batflip Crazy likes to look at and he talks about often on his podcast is the barrels per homer percentage. Um some some work that Jeff Zimmerman did showed like 60%, uh, you know, of balls. I think last year the average was 60% of balls that were barrels were home runs, you know. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. this year is 47%. So <laughs> it's uh, you know, it's interesting. But uh yeah, Danny Vogelbach, listen, if you need a corner guy and you need some power, yeah. doesn't yeah, hurt, I could right? See it. I could see yeah. it. Um, and then the next guy was Glenn Otto. I'd like to get your thoughts on him, Rob, because you know, he's got some people that are really pushing him. I did get him in one main event, a league that I, I picked him up. I forget, wasn't a lot of money, but, um, you know, he's not been great historically in his past stints in the majors, but he was showing some good signs in the spring and uh, maybe, uh, maybe he can show something and, you know, Texas is a better pitcher's park than maybe we might've realized. So, um, I guess we can be reasonably optimistic, but what did you think about Glenn Otto? Yeah, I, this was one of the guys I, I was targeting and I, I didn't, I didn't go for uh, enough to get him in my, uh-huh. in, in my two mains. I have him on seven draft champion teams. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, he was a guy that I, I targeted pretty heavily in draft uh-huh. champions. Um, you know, just uh, in that 40 round range, just, I always try to take a look at some upside pitching that could help, you know, right. um, when I won the overall, it was Corbin Burns, you know, at like pick 470 or 450 uh, last year in early draft season. I had a lot of Trevor Rogers um, before he started going, you know, crazy up. I was consistently drafting him early. So I always try to target like some younger pitchers with some ugly surface stat that may have some things popping underneath, you know, Right. And so this year when I was, you know, just doing some filtering and research, I, I was trying to identify my next guy and he was on the list, you know, if not at the top. So, okay. Well, that's encouraging then. Yeah. I, I mean, I like, I like, I like what I see. Um, and, uh, you know, I think he showed a lot when he came up last year, even though, like I said, it wasn't pretty on the surface, you know, right. um, right. So well, he does have a tough start. He plays, uh, he pitched against Houston this week. Uh, so I put him on the bench. I uh, wanted just to see how he did. Um, and then maybe if he does, okay, I might start him next week. I, I don't really know his matchups next week, but yeah. um, again, I think he's worth, worth a look for, for, for those people in fantasy leagues that he's a free agent. You might want to watch that start on, I think it's Wednesday, Wednesday or Thursday. I'm not sure. Uh, and, and see how he does. Yep. I think um, another thing that really popped off for me when I was looking, diving into him is um, I don't know if you're familiar with Alex Chamberlain's um, pitch oh, comp. Yeah. Yeah, his yeah. Pinch, yeah. His, so he has, for anyone that's wondering, um, at Dolph Haldhagen on Twitter. Uh, but mm-hmm. to just put in Alex Chamberlain, even Google it, Fangraphs, he just really uh, smart dude. And, but he has uh, a, a public tableau with a pitch leaderboard with all stack cast stuff. It's really 
a great tool uh-huh. to use. But what people don't really talk about much is the similarity scores. And he has pitch comps and pitcher comps. So you, not only you can get a general pitcher comparison, but also their specific pitches, you know, and right. his, his slider last year was uh, pretty magical. He was in a land with some of the best sliders in baseball. So just, just, just little things like that, where, like I said, in, 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 in deep in DCs, uh, it's like a, a perfect thing to at least speculate on because at that point, the, the projection accuracy and, you know, is risky and you're just looking for home in the pop or some stable, you know, playing time, you know? Um, and so that, that, that's what I, uh, took a leap on, but yeah, love that he came up and, and, and did his thing and, but I didn't get him anywhere. I, I, I didn't go high enough. So. All right. Well, you you got the money in the bank then. I got Um, the money in the bank. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. All right. So the next guy is Michael King, uh, for, uh, my New York Yankees. He's a long reliever. He goes like three innings at a time and, He's looked good. He's looked good. Again, sometimes I wonder, is the depressed hitting environment helping some of these guys? But he certainly pitched well, and he showed flashes last year. Um, so, again, if you if your team needs a sort of a multi-inning reliever, and I'm, I'm a proponent of that, having a, a guy like that on your roster, um, certainly I would support it. He went for a high of 89, which maybe is a, a bit higher than I would recommend, but um, then there was a low of three. So, I mean, some people got him for cheap and I can see his, his value on, uh, or a similar guy to Michael King too. Uh, did, did you go after any, uh, multi-inning relievers or no, you, you sort of had enough already? No, I, um, I actually landed Keegan Thompson in uh-huh. one of my leagues because he was literally my 11th, <laughs> 10th or 11th conditional. Um, okay. but, but it's not like I didn't want him, but he, he wasn't yeah, yeah, on the yeah. list, you know, but, um, and yeah, so I ended up with him for that reason. Um, okay. okay. And, he's good. He's good too. Yeah. Yeah. I looked at King. Um, I was just trying to identify like specific ways to, you know, that the middle reliever slash piggybacks are being used, you know, right. um, King didn't really have like a, a real solid pattern, you know, like he didn't follow a specific pitcher. He didn't pitch on like X amount of days, you know, it was just kind of more Thompson. We, I think there's like a consistent, you know, thing to him, but um, King yep. definitely showing more strikeout potential uh, yeah, he looked this good. year. His last time I noticed he really looked good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, his, his swing and strike rate last year was 10.7% this year, 18%. Um, just right. getting, um, it, it's Yeah. He looks good. He looks good. I, I, I wonder, like you mentioned, if this is suppressed, uh, you know, offense. Uh, but I continue to see a lot of, uh, a lot of good pitches that the, that the Yankees can bring in. Like I love Clark Schmidt too, you know, yes, yes, I think he's good as well. Yep. He showed, he showed a change in his, in his pitch mix in uh, spring training and he kind of caught my eye with some, right. some uh, swing and miff stuff that he wasn't previously showing. So, you know, I, I think no, it's, I, yeah, I, I think it's good to, uh, you know, use these guys in stretches yep. where, where you need some good innings and where you can definitely time it where you, you know, like one guy on the fabulous Josh Fleming, you know, we kind of know he's either going to start or piggyback twice this week. So. Right. Right. Yeah, that Those was are good targets. Yep. Yeah. I mean, Clark Schmidt, I think is a, 
has more upside longer term because he could eventually start. Um, yep. I don't think King, I don't think King would be that guy unless there were several, several injuries. So yeah. um, anyway, just for people that are thinking about it, Schmidt would, I would prioritize him above King. Um, then there's a, you know, Baltimore has in the past had Jim Palmer, Dave McNally, and now they have Bruce Zimmerman. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. He's yeah. pitched well. He's pitched very well. I watched him throw against the Yankees, and he looked – Yankees were doing poorly against him, but I don't think it was because they were just bad. He was pitching – he was making some good uh, break, – breaking balls were really snapping off the table. Um, he looked good. He wasn't throwing really particularly hard, but he um, he was controlling the zone, and he does not look like a run-of-the-mill pitcher at all, which is what I used to think about him. Um, and, uh, I don't know if you saw any of his, his outings, Rob, but, um, I certainly think he's worthwhile, especially with the new dimensions of Camden yards. Uh, it's, it's harder to hit a ball out of there, even if the ball was the same as last year. Um, so, so I think he's, a definitely an interesting option for those people that, uh, need a starting pitcher. Yeah, I would absolutely agree with you. He is um, just looks really good, you know, like watching the games. Yeah, and his uh, his strand rate's a little high, ninety percent, but he's his his K to walk is almost nineteen percent. First pitch strike is sixty five percent. Swinging strike thirteen percent. Um, CSW thirty percent. Re- really good, like either average or above average metric so far. Um, right. And he's getting better in his own too. So. Um, it, yeah, I like it. I, I have, a I have, I have a pretty good amount of Bruce in my DCs as well. Not as much as Otto, but, um, okay. again, just, okay. um, yeah, just like a later stash for, you know, possibly, uh, sure. I just, I was confident in him throwing innings, you know, just when you, you know, when you're picking in that back end, looking for some, you know, either, right. a, like I said, a guy to pop or some got to be stable. I thought he would definitely in line to throw a good amount of innings. So it's good to see that they might be effective. You know, he definitely looked good. And his position is safer now with, uh, unfortunately, John Means uh, out for the year. Right. So I think he, you know, he'll be in the rotation as long as he's performing uh, right. at all. Yep. Like then uh, the next guy I was interested in but did not get, I mean, sometimes I think I talk too much about the guys I got, but Sheets, Gavin Sheets is a good target because he's utility only in NFBC, but I think – he's going to get outfield eligibility with the way that white Sox have had just terrible difficulty staying healthy. And um, so I, I think, again, he's sometimes a plan, a platoon bat in the past. I don't think they have that luxury really right now. I think he's going to play. Um, so he went for a high of $78 and a low of 13. And uh, certainly for those teams that can see him on the wire, if they need power, I think sheets is a good, um, a good target. And I think his dad was Larry Sheets. He used to play in the uh, major leagues as well. I don't know if that helps, but um, certainly. <laughs> it's a good I think, fact. I, I'll tell you what, I think it how it does help. To be honest, I did hear this once uh, last year, is that Tony LaRussa knows Gavin Sheets' dad. Right. And Tony LaRussa is the kind of guy that that would make a difference to. So Got it. I, I think. Um, if you want a if you want a non statistical way to look at this, I think if he's got an opportunity to play Gavin Sheets regularly, I think he would do it. 
Um, okay. Anyway. I, I, I like Gavin Sheets, the batter. I, I do. I think his, I think he's got some hard hit stuff there that can play up, but I still, even though the opportunities will be there. Yeah. I think he has four games and in the outfield, even two at first. So he might be right. gaining some other eligibility, but I saw him as a guy that I would immediately not start for the next on a week and a half because he's facing a lefty from Monday to Thursday and they're only playing. So that's two games on Monday to Thursday. So that's not a start. Right. Friday to Sunday facing one lefty, two games max. Again, probably not a start the weekend. The week after that, starting uh, on the uh, May 2nd, they travel to Chicago only for a three game set facing two lefties might even only get one game in a four game set. So I, I looked at that and I really didn't want any part of sitting a guy <laughs> like knowing you're going to sit a yeah, guy. That's, a, that's good research there, Rob. Yeah, I wasn't um, because I like sheets for those examples. And, you know, that you said, you know, and um, he hasn't gotten uh, much. You no, know, he's been getting consistent playing time. He definitely sits versus lefties, which yeah, yeah, stinks. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's the thing. That's that's what okay, okay. I was that's worried good, about. It's a good, uh, good call on that. Good call. Um, Okay, and then the next, we got three guys left in our top 10. Sheldon Noisy for oh, the boy. A's. Um, he, he was uh, picked up in 29 leagues. He went for a high of 125, which I think is pretty pretty high, but I think he's uh, eligible at second and third, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but he's hitting well. I don't know that he's a particularly a power hitter, but um, I could see plugging him in if you've got a, if you have the need to fill in positionally. Um, yeah, this is this is, I don't know. This was a high bid for me too. He'd get in the PT, but it's really, I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of empty. I think, I think, that, I think he's, I don't know. He doesn't really show anything that's, yeah. that's the bad, but super high. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, doesn't pull the ball a lot. And just, I mean, if yeah. he, if you got him for 15 bucks and they were filling in for a week or two, I could see that, but all right. But when you're bidding, 120 you know that means you want to hold on to him yes uh, in my mind so he's not holdable he's not holdable i don't think um and then the last two guys were pitchers you one you mentioned already josh fleming who might be a piggyback two starter we're not sure tampa bay often uh, tries to confuse us uh, with what they're doing but he's he's not a hard thrower but he can if he's given the, the third inning on, he certainly can pick up wins the way that Ryan Yarbo did that one year. Um, yeah, so I, I think, he looks, yeah. he looks again, a guy that just looks a little better under the hood with a, got a 1.69 Sierra uh-huh. versus the 5.54 uh, ERA. Um, I don't know. K to walk. His K percentage is boomed up, doubled 14 and a half to 28.9. Uh, I don't know. This is, uh, it looks, it looks like he made a little bit of a change. And uh, I think, okay. I think I'm on the Josh Fleming, but I do have a very interesting fact for you Okay. about Josh Fleming. You ready for this? I'm ready. So I know in the last couple of pods, I've talked about going back to the same week this year as right. last year, right? So week four last year, main event, Yes. Um, just to throw a couple of names at you. First guy, most guy got in bid in all leagues, Rafael Dolis. Dolis, wow. Remember that? I do. He was for a, a high of 179 <laughs> on 
Uh, Adelis Garcia, 35 leagues for 107 max. Willie okay. Calhoun, Willie Calhoun, 34 leagues, 159. You know who was next? No. Josh Fleming <laughs> picked up in 34 leagues. He was picked up in how many leagues this year? 29. 29. You want to know something else? His max last year in that in that week was 53. What was his max this year? 54. Holy schmoly. Josh One guy Fleming, went- he's the week four fab week wonder. Four. So ne- next year he's going to get picked up in week four also. Hundred percent, hundred percent. But his goal is to be drafted, you know, next year and not be a fab guy. You know, well, that's if he pitches uh, the way you're talking about with the Sierra. I think he would get drafted next year. Uh, I hope so too. I picked him up in week uh, week one actually. Um, yeah, okay, okay. In one main for two bucks, two bucks, oh, baby. So you can't he, uh, argue with that. Uh, listen, he is going to be the league winner for me. You know, okay. did you start him this week? That's the question. Yes, of course. Okay. Okay. Yep. All yeah, right. He, and- I'm getting everything from him, baby. His oh, wins. You're on the Josh Fleming train. <laughs> oh, God. I got two wins. I, I'm ready. Uh, ready. I'm going to get two more this week. It's going to be great. All right. The last guy, though, I did. I picked up in a in two mains. But I didn't start him. So I want to see what happens because I don't know what San Francisco is doing. It's Jacob Junis, who's mm-hmm. been, been a you know consistent sort of mediocre disappointment. But, you know, isn't he San starting Fr- against the A's? I think he gets one. He's got one start on the books. Yes. You, uh, didn't, but, you didn't put him in there against the A's? Oh, well. Uh, oh, I mean, if you pick them up, that. Probably. Well, I want to see what happens. Honor. You know, it's it's in our joint league with uh, James Anderson, and he's okay. Really good, okay. He's really good at setting the lineup. Okay. It, it's a matter of how many relievers we're going to start, but I want to see what happens because I don't know if San Francisco has decided how they're going to use him. Um, you know, are they going to pitch him three innings or four innings or whatever? But I think if he stays in the rotation, Rob, he could. You know, the Giants have worked wonders. And so maybe he could uh, add some value. So right. that was the right. theory, um, but uh, but we'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm I'm certainly in the wait and see mode on Jacob Junis. He's not been a great pitcher in the past, but maybe uh, he can help. Right, because I know um, Cobb ramped up today. Right, right. And Descafani, we don't know how long his you know his ankle information is going to last, so we won't know if we see him. But who knows? Maybe. Maybe that role is going to be, I mean, they're going to have several lefties in the rotation. So maybe he's the guy that follows Rodon or follows Wood, you know, or or, Or follows uh, Sammy Long or follows Sammy Long, another lefty and then throwing in a righty. So that's, I think, I think, yeah, I'm surprised they start him against Oakland because either way, I think he's slotted to, you know, to pitch that day. I don't know. You could, okay, um, well, we'll see. We were worried about we'll the see. We'll see. We'll see I get what it. happens. I totally get it. I trust James Anderson too to make a lot. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like, uh, well, do you want to go with Todd's uh, view of uh, starting or or James? <laughs> I think uh, if you got a choice, you go with James. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. So um, the wow bit of the week, Rob, I, one of your favorite uh, sections um, that went for five hundred and eight dollars. 
Seattle outfielder Jesse Winker, who was dropped in one main event league. And the runner-up bid was 377, which would have been the highest winning bid of the week, except for the fact that the 508 was the winning bid. Um, so I don't know why Winker was dropped, especially somebody had to had to draft him fairly high in their uh, in their draft just three, four weeks ago. But um, but 508 is, is a hefty bid. I mean, you know, uh, he could produce. I'm a little worried in terms of Winker for 508. I a little worried about how he hits lefties. Um, but that's why I kind of wasn't on him during the um, draft season. But what did you think about Winker? Um, I know he wasn't available in your league, but. I wouldn't pay that much for him. I don't. I I do. I am wary of the lefty thing. Um, I haven't drafted. I didn't draft him this year. Um, I don't like him in Seattle, mm, and he's yeah. not hitting well. I mean, I don't know. I uh, I probably if he was available in my league, I'd probably give. A, I'd, I'd have to assess if I needed an outfielder. You know, right. if I. Probably, probably wouldn't have bid on him if he was going to be like my second, third bench bat. You know, I'd rather right. just keep that rotational or keep that to pitching right now. But yeah. I don't know. I, I, I uh, that's hefty bid. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a lot. I mean, the, the assuming the other owner hadn't bid on anything else, which I, is doubtful. He only has four ninety two left. So, um. It was a good friend of the pod, Anthony Gialdi, who I think makes um, everybody T-shirt for the um, for the oh. NFC Mains. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Sorry, well, Anthony. He's a good I, player, so I, I... Anthony, I'm sorry. It's just not going to work out for you. <laughs> I love you, buddy. Thank you. Thank you for my wonderful T-shirt. Uh, he <laughs> sent me a T-shirt, even though I didn't get to go to Vegas. He's okay. a good guy. Well, I, yeah, I, didn't, good guy. I didn't get a T-shirt, but I'm going to say that Anthony is a very good player and so maybe uh, maybe he sees something that you and I don't. I would I would not pan that so quickly. Um, right. Yeah, I, I was definitely off of Winker this draft season. Um, right. So then the Century Club, I listed the players that went for over one hundred and two hundred dollars. There were thirty eight players that went for over one hundred at least one league. I'm not going to read them off, Rob, but uh, you know a lot of. A lot of uh, fantasy owners are happy to go over a hundred right now. They have probably six, seven, eight hundred dollars in fab, but that's going to slow down. You know, it's going to slow down. It has to. Um, but uh, you know, a lot of these guys, you know, there were some that I questioned whether they're really worth the hundred to two hundred dollar bid. Um, did you see anyone on the list that you said, yeah, if, if I was bidding on that guy, I would go over a hundred bucks? Easily, a hundred bucks. No. Okay. Okay. No. Um. Just, just, just Lodolo. Yeah, Lodolo. I think, yeah. I think, I think he would be and Mikolas, but um, everybody else, uh, yeah, probably not. I think that, uh, like Chris Sale's on this list. He got picked up in a league for one hundred and thirty-three bucks. Yeah. If I had a really like, I don't know, I have him on one main, and 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 stashing him is is pretty. Pretty tough, yeah. right? Pretty tough. So, yeah. but I guess maybe, you know, if you need even an impact arm, if you assess your rotation, 
And even if you're not really just even kicking butt, but you just feel like you need a shot in the dark from an impact pitcher, eventually, you know, you'll get him. So maybe if you're in that kind of spot, you know, right. but um, yeah. Um, Ronzi Contreras went for a buck 29. That's right. a lot as much as I think he's a good pitcher and he's going to work out. Um, you know, it's uh, you got to wait for him too. Yeah, absolutely. But um, yeah. A couple of other guys like Alec Bohm, you know, I, you know, it looks like he's playing a lot more now. I'm still not yeah. sold on him playing all the time going forward. I mean, he's pretty, he's running hot right now, but. Right, right. I'm not, I'm know. not convinced he's the uh, yeah. kind he's of still, hitter that he's shown so far. Yeah. I mean, he, he has a, a K percentage of 13 and a half and his swinging strike is 15 and a half. It's usually, um, you know. The K percentage is usually almost double or at least, you know, 70% more than the swing and strike rate. So that yeah. that might be a little lucky. Um, but he's hitting the ball hard when he does hit it. But, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, I, I, I think just as fast as, you know, things change so quickly, you know, he's like already in the last three games, 0 for 11 with 4K. So it, it, it's not like he's, you know it could flip back so quickly because I think baseball is like that. All it's going to take is an error and another, you know, 0 for 11 stretch. And maybe he's not playing every day, you know, yeah. because it didn't happen like that. It didn't start off like that. You know, his contact too is still pretty weak under 70%. So on contact is 76 and a half percent league average is 84. So I'm still not, I'm still not sold on our bone. So I'm still going to, I'm still going to have to see more from him. Um, yeah, yeah. Let's see. Matt Barnes was interesting. I guess, you know, you just convinced he might come back and be the guy. Right. Um, Andres Munoz was very interesting at uh, a buck 20 high. No, a buck 189. 189. Yeah. 189. Yeah. And, um, you know, yeah, that's, uh, let's see, he had 189, 189, 166, 155. 155 uh it's you know a lot of uh a lot of strong bids from... yeah i mean he's he's capable uh, certainly a good a good pitcher but for now i think you're getting a one inning pitcher that could occasionally pitch the ninth and, and might also be pitching the seventh or eighth um, yeah so i again yeah. I, because he got ruled on the COVID IL, right? He's I think he, he just came off, Rob. Right, so he just came off. You never know if, like, you know, so Seawald is the guy, you know, is part of the trio that gets it. He goes yeah. out. Munoz gets a spot. Second rider has not been great this year. So maybe but he Munoz, can still mix in. And then you got Diego Castillo. Really a lot happening. So that's what I mean. Um, so I just don't trust it enough to say, I'm going to bid 189. If you could get him for cheap, again, that's a whole different matter. Stick him on your bench. Yeah. But, but uh, cheapest not... he went for was 13 bucks. He had a median uh, yeah, winning bid of 127. I got him in an online championship where I only have one closer. I um, 16 bucks, you know. So now that I like. That I like. Yeah. That, that was just a, okay, you know, maybe I get something out of this. And if not, you know, I move on, you know, exactly. And, In three weeks, he's gotten zero saves. You can easily drop him. You know, it's no big deal. But right. if you spend one hundred and eighty nine dollars, I think you're more committed. Um, yeah. But anyway, uh, some um, interesting a, names for people that want to, you know, glance through and see who's bit bit on one hundred dollars or more. Um, I don't know if there's a lot to draw from all of it other than just 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 other than the fact that 
Um, let's see. Tyro Estrada went for 189. I got him for yeah. two bucks in week one. And Zach Collins, my boy, what did I tell you? What did I tell you, Todd? Where, where did he go for? I, I, I uh, as high as 175. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Dollar play. Dollar play last week. Nice. Well, that's you got to be week ahead. We, we've discussed that before. <laughs> I did pick up Collins in one online for not very much money. Beautiful. Um, but, Beautiful. Uh, you know, he's he's definitely getting the playing time. And I think until Danny Jansen comes back, I think he's going to definitely play. Right. Yep. So uh, let's see. What was the next thing on the list was our, our comparison of uh, amount overall amounts bid uh, from the main event. And it totals up to mm-hmm. an average team spend of one hundred and ninety dollars uh, so far this year in the four fab periods compared to. 250 last year so 60 below and as you brought up last week maybe because last year the people were a little free because they were influenced by the shortened 2020 but for whatever reason it's running a little less but even at that i mean at the rate of 60 or dollars per week for average teams people are going to sort of run lower after three or four more weeks of that so um so it's a good idea, I think, if you can, to keep your bids lower unless there's some real important target for you. Right. Yeah, I think that's true. I think that's uh, I think that's what you're seeing is everyone being a little more diligent than yep. uh, last year. Um, at this and this week was uh, last. You know, I think we noticed how. This year, it's 51 bucks, 65 bucks, 62 bucks. The average amount spent for team last year uh, was 86, 85, 67. So I think we're probably going to see that uh, next couple of weeks. Last year was 67, 66. And then we hit a whole bunch of weeks where it was in the mid 40s per team. So So it might um, drop down a little slower because people didn't do that big spending in the first two weeks. But true, I think you're going to see 60s for the next two or three weeks. What do you got left on your teams? How much? Uh, I think I'm mostly in the 800s, mostly. Um, okay. I think there's an online where I'm down to 600 something, but but uh, mostly in the 800s on the main events. Okay. How about yourself? Um, in one main, I have 944 left. Right. Um, and in the other main... Let's see. I think I have a similar amount because mm-hmm. I got keep getting beat out by everyone. Yeah, nine forty one and nine forty four. Okay. And Our my th- auction team, I have nine sixty left, and one of my OCs is under eight hundred, but they're both uh, also in the nine hundred. So okay, nine hundred or seven hundred. <laughs> okay. I, yeah, it's. Uh, I'm looking at the fifteen teamers right now. Uh, Three eight hundreds and one nine hundred something, uh, so yeah, that's about the same as as what you're saying. I think. Cool. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, then the the Coliseum. We're bringing back the Coliseum. Yes. The, the the top four ads, and they're determined by the the widest ads, which are usually the guys that command the most money. Usually, and how did they do in the first three weeks? So we had our first group of the year and uh we gave i gave it uh, as a grade and you know you can tell me if 
He didn't like the grades draw, but I gave one a thumbs up, which was Stephen Kwan. He was really hot. He's sort of cooled and he got a little hamstring issue, but he still was 15 for 44, which is 341. Now, the issue for me is zero homers, zero steals, but he could score a lot of runs. He could give you a nice batting average. So I gave him a win. Um, certainly what he's done so far, I think people would be happy with. I'm just not really optimistic on the long term, but listen, if you gave if you gave Dylan Tate a push, Stephen Kwan better be a win. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, well Tate, Tate has probably dropped, but his stats are pretty good. Dylan Tate's stats, you Dylan, know, that's over three weeks, though, right? I mean, yeah, you're that's right. You're three right. innings and a week with. Uh, less than two Ks a week. Yeah, he didn't do that. I mean, I push. I'm really, I'm really, I'm really surprised. Game one push. Yeah, you're getting a little soft on me, Todd. Okay, well, you were. I think, last, I think you gotta year. watch. I think you gotta watch Gladiator again and watch how ruthless the Emperor is. Okay, because this yeah. is not Emperor status. Okay, but last year I just want to remind you that you were telling me I was too tough. This it's is tough. way too easy. I get oh, a push. Okay. All right. Well, I think th- this is good feedback, Rob. You picked him up for saves, and you got zero in three weeks. Zero saves. Okay, zero saves. Anyway, I'm trying to be friendly and nice, but I can see that's not working. That's okay. Dylan Tate's not listening. All right, Dylan Tate's not listening. He's off most rosters anyway. Greg Holland Holland was definitely a loss. I think there's no argument there. He was DFA'd by the Royals, so that's not a mark in his favor. And then Bryson Stott, four for 30. It's hard to really uh, come down positively on that. So this, this lined up, at least the way I did it, with exactly what happened last year, which you get two thumbs down, you get one that's sort of in the middle, and you get one that uh, looks pretty good. So, again, maybe I was a little too easy, but, you know, I think the record of maybe one out of the top four being a good pickup is, is about what it's been. And unless uh, I'm, I'll be surprised if it really dramatically changes off that. But let's we'll see as we get further into the season, what, what we get. Interesting. All right. Yeah. Well, before then, we move uh, on to the standings, are you, the standings um, yes. Uh, I want to just talk about some drops real quick though. Just some notable drops. You want to do that I, first or you want to go through the standings quickly? Yeah, no, I want to do the drops. Don't talk about the standings. Okay. Um, the yeah. So some of the more interesting drops, I, I, I thought, um, obviously there's some in different buckets of, 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 Number of drops that I looked at, but Josh Harrison was dropped in 17 leagues. Mm-hmm. I know he's, I know he's been a little banged up, but he's going to be an everyday player with three, placed three spots, and that's pretty right. valuable. I'm surprised he went, he dropped in that many leagues. Um, Jose Siri dropped in 10 leagues. I think he was just picked up in 30, like, right, like last week. So, yep. so we see how quickly that can um, change. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, Nick Pavetta dropped in five leagues. That is one of my you made a mistake drops. So uh-huh. that's just my opinion. I think everyone made a mistake okay. who um who dropped him as well as Danny Jansen. Four Danny drops. Jansen. I feel like you came this far, you held out this long with Danny Jansen. You know, he's right. he, he 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 might be he might be coming back soon and he, he looks great. So um Aristatus Aquino. Dropped in four leagues. I want to know why the hell anyone still had him on freaking team. So uh, that's that. Um, is the Punisher. Yeah, he really is. He's punishing anyone who actually started him in, okay. in any fantasy league ever again. But uh, 
anyway, um, Miguel Sano, another I will call mistake drop pick. Um, he's it doesn't look pretty, but underneath it all, um, he he's still showing. You know, he's still showing thump. He's just not getting uh, lucky at all. You know, right, right. he's just not getting anything go f- his way. But he's still up there in barrels, still up there. Okay. In the, How many barrels does he have? Um, let's see, he's got five barrels, five. one falling for a homer. Yeah, his hard hit percentage is 50%. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. The max EV is still strong, hitting a ton okay. of fly ball. So that's at this, you know, got a 097 BABIP. And not that he's a big BABIP guy, but no, I think no. it'll correct itself. I think if you paid up for this power, um, and right, right. especially in this environment that is lacking power, I think that 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 might bite you in the butt. Uh, but yeah, unless yeah. You I mean, it. he's definitely when he when he gets going, it's not going to be the park dimensions that hold him back. Yep, yeah. yep. Um, I want to say Yohan Duran dropped in two main event leagues, which is also pretty. Surprising considering the hype he had, but obviously the role is not there for him yet. Right, um, exactly. If it ever comes to him this year, you know, that's, uh, but he was dropped already. Um, another mistake drop I have here is Yusei Kikuchi um, uh-huh. in one league. I think that's going to be a mistake as well as Nick Fladolo, like we mentioned, Fidolo, was dropped right. in one league. Uh, I think those will come back to haunt people. Um, Jaime Candelario too is an interesting drop because another guy who's who surface stats and doesn't look pretty, um, but he plays every day and he shows a consistent approach, consistent skills every year. Um, that's a hard drop, and um, yeah, I'm hoping he comes around. I have him on a couple of teams, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he will, I think he will. It's 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 nothing that looks like he's he's gonna be finished, and I just feel like the team around him has gotten better. Once he comes around, I think it's gonna it's gonna add a bunch of good stuff to that um offense. But uh, Jolie Rodriguez was dropped, you know, again, who had him? Who had Jolie Rodriguez? I don't know. And what do you think about Trent Grisham? He was dropped in one league. I oh. think he's kind of going to get almost that Jesse Winker type yeah, bid next week, the, right? He might be the wow bid next week. Then. I think he's going to be the wow bid next week right now, unless anyone gets called up or, you know, um, right. that's probably going to be your wow bid next week. Okay. Um, okay. What do you want to guess? I'll go. Some team's going to go, yeah, I'll go 400. Some team's going to go, I, I won't personally go 400, but right, I know some right. team will, I think, go 400 for him. I would say, I would say a little higher, uh, 450, I'll, I'll go. Um, but yeah, he's, he's a solid guy. I think the Padres need to play him. I don't think he's going to lose playing time. You think um, he's going to warrant maybe the highest main event bid of the year? Of the year? No. No? I don't think he's going to go for more than 500. Do you? I mean, I don't know. I mean, you said 450, his projections are still for the rest of the season, 14, 14, 17, 14. Right, right. I mean, that's that's a that's pretty big to get. In, Maybe. In, I mean, in, one thing in, your, in favor of that is the earlier that these drops happen, the more likely it could be the wow bit of the year because there's more money on the table. So, right. I mean, somebody could drop – a really good player in August and they're never going to be the number one. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know that I see somebody dropping 600 on them, but you never know. You never know. So, so what was the, the highest so far has been the Josh Lowe, right? Oh, 
Was it low or Wink? I think Winker was higher, no? I thought there was a Josh Lowe that was higher. I could be maybe, wrong. Maybe, maybe. I'm not remembering probably. I'll have okay. to look it up. I can keep look it up from from earlier this season. But um Yeah, I think Lowe, hold on, I have it right here. Lowe was uh huh? I thought I did have it right there. That would have been week two, the second week. Yep. Yeah, he went for a max of 613. 613. Okay, so he was mm-hmm. the high. So you think yeah. Grisham Grisham could go more, for more than 613? No, I thought I thought it was low five. I, I didn't realize it was 613. Yeah, it was 613, and he had a bunch of them. And, again, his, his, his median winning bid was 522. I don't think we see that again. But I think no. – I think Grisham, you know, um, unless everyone in that league doesn't, you know, I don't know. I think I think we'll see a five hundred dollar bid. I'm calling it. Okay, I'm calling it see, now. See, so calling it now. You, you raised yourself from four hundred to five hundred. I'm going to five. Why not? Okay. I just want to see it. I just want to see it. You want to see it? Okay. Well, give the people what they want. All right. All right. So All right, let's uh, talk about your standing looks here. So uh, Chris Reed. Mm. The, uh, main event leader as of, of Monday morning. Um, he's been up there consistently for the first part of the season. And second is Abdulaziz Madani, who is a former main event champion in 2019. Mm-hmm. Douglas Gruber, who's an excellent player, is in third. Fourth place is Scott Fleming, who last week was leading. And then Bo Reed, fifth. Brian Slack, sixth. Tyler Young, seventh. Chris Fessler, former main event champ, eighth. So, I mean, that just reading that part of it, uh, you can see the, the good players that are there. And then there's a guy in 11th I've never heard of, Robert DiPietro. I'm not sure what he's doing, but, you know, people can get sort of lucky breaks and sort of end up in the top group of the main event. Without <laughs> it could always, yeah, it could always happen. <laughs> could always happen. <laughs> but, no, this guy is an excellent player. I mean, I think uh, – I looked at your main event team, Rob, and it's a quite a nice roster that you've developed here. Um, and I Thank wanted you. to ask you about one guy because it was a guy that I picked up is not a key player for you, but um, I picked up Paven Smith in a bunch of places and you have him on this roster, whether you remember or not. Um, yep. And I think the attraction for me was, I think he's going to play regularly. I'm not, he's not a power hitter. He's not a, you know, steal the bases guy, but he sort of fills the box score. And I think the D-backs are going to play him is my two cents. But um, did you, do you have a positive view of Smith? I do. Yeah. I like his dual eligibility. Um, I picked him up um, a couple weeks ago. I think uh, maybe even last week for his, uh, I believe they had a, a four game slate from Monday to Thursday. And I don't know, mm-hmm. he just had a good looking schedule and, um, just liked his ability to play every day, and um, he was showing some good, good supporting metrics as well um, that were different from last year. So I just, uh, yeah, I just like his general profile, like his playing time, um, like the dual ability to help. The first and outfield is pretty cool to have. So yeah, right, yeah, right. yeah, I like your Paven Smith for sure. Okay, we're good. I mean, but I was impressed with your squad overall. I mean. You do have uh, Liam Hendricks on this team, so hopefully he gets straightened out. And you got a great yeah. one-two one, punch of Corbin Burns and Dylan Cease. 
Um, and then uh, you also got Frankie Lindor and Tyler O'Neill as leading your offense. So I think you had a really good squad. So I wish you all the best and I hope you stay up there all season. Thank you. Yeah, it's going to take some work. Obviously, it's, uh, these leagues are so competitive and, you know, you can't can't fall asleep at all, you know. Um, so and I know I know lulls will come and I know that, you know. Right. Uh, yeah. You're going so you you to have cycles, but I yep. mean, yep. Uh, if I I'd rather be in 11th place after uh, the four weeks than, uh, you know, in two, 311th or whatever. Um, yep. Yes. So Hendricks was a real interesting start, you know, uh, this week, you know, trying, uh, did you, know. did you end up starting him or no? I did. I did. I did end up starting him. I'm the, it's the only spot right now where I'm really lacking in that league is saves. I'm, I mean, I have five save total, which is good enough for eight points oh, right now right. in my league, but, um, I still felt like, I still felt like if he gives me Hansel one Robles. save. Hansel yeah. Robles is on this team. So I think he could, uh, he could definitely supply some saves, maybe not a hundred percent, but here and there. Um, yeah. 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 I'm hoping, I just didn't want to have a Hendricks uh, on the bench, you know, with a save or even two, you know, maybe yeah, he doesn't he, pitch he, back he to gives back. You two saves. Yeah. That's right. great. Right. That's great. Right. But you um, know, he seemed like a gamer. I know he flipped down the stairs and he hit his back, I guess the middle of his back on the staircases from what I read. So uh, no. Hopefully uh, he just works through it and get back out there. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the team is team is you know, uh, Lindor from from where I drafted him was has been definitely my most valuable player so far from yeah. what he's doing from a standpoint with homers and steals. You know, four homers, three steals, and uh, two ninety four average. So really, really um, solid. And uh, he was one of the guys that kind of fell. Um, in, in my main that I was really happy with. Uh, yeah, sure. You one of those, I hope I hope he makes it back to me. I hope he back, you know, I hope he makes back a me type of uh, players that you don't normally get that goes right before you. And yeah, like, right. When he went right. to me, I was like, oh, wow, this is. Yeah, that's this. a great fourth round pick. And you got uh, Jonathan India, who maybe if he gets back soon, he'll be he'll add a lot of value to your team. Yeah. Um, and um, late round pick Jock Peterson has been really good with six yeah. homers, you know, 362 average so far. Um, yeah. he's, you know, he's been solid. Uh, I, I was kind of hoping he'd get some, you know, some decent run, uh, on top of just facing, you know, just righty. So, um, he hasn't played against a lefty yet, but they haven't, they don't, they've only faced three. So he's gotten some pretty consistent playing time on top of that yeah. leading off or batting cleanup. So, um, I think they're going to have to play him against lefties the way he's going for now. I mean, come on. He's yeah. Really super hot. The, that's what we think, but they, they know better they than not. us. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then us. there's a sort of a, another newcomer, uh, 14th place, Phil Dussault. Um, I don't know. Again, mm. he's a sort of inexperienced guy. Maybe uh, maybe he can hang in there. Not sure if he knows what he's doing enough to make the right moves. Yeah, right now we're 8 and 10th. So it's... Uh, okay. He, okay. Sent, he, he sent me a text. He says, I'm coming for you. So he's... Uh, okay. He's, he's, you know, it's just, just this whole group right here. Uh, there's so many people I'm really close with. There's so many people that I know and I talk to, like Brian Slack, you know, Phil, Ryan Roof, who I talk yeah, to Ryan, all the time. And he's Ryan's doing really and, well. And he's on the podcast. Yeah, he's, he's doing really well. And uh, Doug Gruber, obviously I had him on the podcast last year. 
preseason, you know, you know, he's going to bring it every, so it's just, just a real good bunch, uh, you know, yep. players, solid yep. players. Yeah. So, and it's cool. Like, um, you know, just seeing more and more people that I've either met or talked to just pop up here, you know, and um, it's good. Co- it, it, it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, certainly for me, after having done this last year, I, I, even the people I haven't met, I recognize the names and you can sort of see the patterns of the guys that are really good. Um, and uh, Michael Govier even popping in at 17. Yeah, six, well, he was 16 when I did it, 16, but yeah, yeah, I mean, he's, uh, Go he's off to a solid start too. I mean, so I think, uh, again, it's going to be a fun season to follow the main event. It's a lot of excellent players. And, uh, you know, you just got to hope, hope to make the right moves and hope your team stays healthy. I, you know, I think that's the, the key thing. Um, and then I also listed, as you know, Rob, I listed the league leaders. I'm not going to go through them at all, but there's a lot of uh, names that people will recognize in first, second or third place of the various leagues. And then um, uh, I guess that was mostly what I wanted to say i don't know if we we had one other thing that we wanted to do but did you want to do the pod deck is your favorite we're gonna do the pod decks okay we're gonna do the okay. pod decks i um was also looking at again i'm you know as i'm scanning things is and uh and and looking at air drops of the week I always tend to find, you know, some team names that I just really oh, just right, love. like, right, you know, right, I just right. love the teammate. So it's just really something that gets me going and it just gives me joy and seeing just things that I like randomness, you know, and to see different random things really. Um, so two names of teams okay. that I really caught my eye this week is supermarket flowers. <laughs> I just love that. I don't know why it's just supermarket it's just, flowers. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Supermarket flowers. And yeah, it's just, you know, like that's when you just go into like stop and shop and you just get some flowers. It's like they're like surprisingly have a great flowers, like florist section, you know? Okay. Okay. And it's like half the price of a regular florist, too. So, um, and let's see, the other one was highly intelligent morons. I mean, yes, pretty, pretty interesting. So, (laughs) That's a, um, that's a that's a repeat from uh, I know at least last year. Yeah, that, that okay. name. Yes, that, that's right. a, uh, I forget which player that is, but he he uses that I think every year. All right, Todd, ready for your pod deck? I'm ready. I'm ready, buddy. If you could marry a fictional character, who would it be? A fictional character, interesting. Um, that that means not real. Not real. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Fiction. How about uh, one of the Disney princesses? Okay, which one? (laughs) Um, Let's see. Well, I don't know. Do do I have to live in that in that uh, time period? (laughs) Ah, man, you got a lot of questions. I got a lot of questions. (laughs) But okay, if I could just—you have to live in that time period. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, if you pick Ariel, yeah, you might have to become a mermaid. I don't know what to tell you. You know, you you have to take the bad with the good. You know. Okay, okay. Because I I think uh, Jasmine is is kind of cute. But okay, uh, but but then I got to live in uh, Arabia, whatever. Uh, And that's not something you want to do. Not not right now. Not right now. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> how about how about you? Any any fictional character you want to marry? Or you know, I hope your wife is out of earshot. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess you know, I guess I never. I guess maybe I I. I guess we're thinking just cartoons, but can can fictional also be just like a character in a movie? Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. It's, it's not the actual actress, actress but the, yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. I didn't think of it that way. It could be. I don't a, know. I, I just be, thought yeah, about just that. A, just the uh, just the but, character, but, not not the not the actual person. Yes. But but since you since you did cartoon, um, it's interesting. I'm probably gonna have to go like either, I guess Jessica Rabbit. You know, she was Jessica Rabbit. Oh, nice pull. Nice pull. Um, let's see. Maybe sleeper. How I've always had a thing for Betty Boop. Maybe you know Betty Boop. Interesting. I don't know. You know, we'd have to eat spinach. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> olive. Isn't that olive oil? Oh, that's olive oil. Right, right, right. Yeah. That's that's. <laughs> yeah. Um. That's right. That's right. So yeah, that's an interesting question. Okay. Um, all right. One more. Yes. Ready. Yes, I almost do. I do the same one I asked you last week, so I'm not going to ask you that one again. No. Um, this one's going to talk about your death. We don't want to do that either. No. Um, <laughs> okay. Back in high school, what was the strangest thing someone could find in your locker? <laughs> the strangest thing. <laughs> oh boy! It sounds like it's something good. Yikes! Yikes! I don't know if they was anything in my locker at all <laughs> at all no books or anything um <laughs> i don't think yeah locker i'm not sure i'm not all sure. right all right you want to switch it up you want me to give, yeah, me, switch, give me give me another one i don't think i got anything good for that all right let's see um a lot of questions here that i've asked you already so um you need a new pod deck buddy i think i need a new pod deck card yeah, I, mean, yeah, you, I just keep drawing the same ones in the pull hitter budget is there enough for another <laughs> <laughs> uh all right hold on a second ready yeah <laughs> i actually these two man i keep pulling the same ones all right yeah. <laughs> 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 would you ha- would you rather have a road trip with Donald Trump or OJ Simpson? Oh. <laughs> you wish you asked the last you wish you yeah, answered really. the last question. Let's see the locker. Let me go back to the locker. No, no, no you're no, stuck. No. All right. Well, there's no way. There's no way I would go with Donald Trump. So uh Okay. So, so by I default, would, you're saying I'm default, default OJ. It has to be OJ Simpson and you pack as much heat as you can in, in your in your you know. <laughs> to defend yourself but i'd rather do that than, than listen oh to donald you know all right hey listen that that's that's definitely a viable uh reason 100 <laughs> percent um okay so that's just me that's just me but yeah no listen listen a, a, a guy who possibly killed people viciously is the guy you choose? We're saying, <laughs> I, I get it. I listen, I, I see, I see. <laughs> it's an interesting choice, but well, all right, Todd, tell yes. uh, tell everyone where to find you on Twitter, okay. and where they can find uh, your work. 
my work is at spstreamer.com. It usually the, the article comes out every Monday. It's on the main event. And then uh, you can find me at, at Telestar7 on Twitter if you want to drop me a, a direct message or anything. Um, and, uh, you know, look forward to following the main event, Rob. And I hope I hope uh, every week we're talking about you in the top 20. And it's a really great job by you. And and uh, Phil Dassault is, is an outstanding player, even despite what I, I give him shade. But anyway, it's a, it's a fun event. And uh, I think it's going to be exciting. I don't think it's going to be any easy uh, pickings for any anybody, even the top players. Yeah, it should never be easy. Unless no. it's, if it comes easy for you to, to be in first place, then uh, you really <laughs> have a gift, you know? Right. That's for sure. But uh, all right, Todd, it's been good getting up with you again and talking about our favorite topic. If it is your favorite topic, I don't even know. I just said it. it I is, spoke it for is. you. Okay. All right. All right. Um, but yeah, good luck on your fantasy teams and um, we'll talk next week. Thanks, Rob. Alrighty, folks, thanks for listening to another episode of the Poor Hitter Podcast. Once again, this is Rob DiPietro at Dead Poor Hitter on Twitter. Thanks for reaching out for anyone who has done so via email and direct message on Twitter. Really been awesome reaching out to you guys and, um, you know, talking fantasy baseball. So thanks for everyone, too, who left a rating and review. That is awesome that you took out the 45 to 100 seconds it takes to do that. A couple of kind words and a some ratings so really cool thank you so much um it it goes a long way in my heart and um thank you so much so um hope everyone is doing well and they're kicking ass in their fantasy leagues if not there's still plenty of time to ramp it up so um don't get your head you know down in the dumps it's easy to do um but you know we prepared hard to play so you know don't don't throw it away it just uh after a couple of weeks, uh, just put your head down, keep working, keep trusting your process, and don't be a bag of shit and everything else will be just fine.